Good morning. It is uh, good to be back with you all uh, this morning. As you may or may not have noticed, I've been gone for the last few weeks, and uh, so it is a blessing to be back with you. Uh, when we were gone, first of all, Chelsea and I, we, uh, on an annual basis, we have a, a weekly retreat, which is like my favorite week of the whole year, because I love my kids, but for one week, uh, they go with grand, uh, the grandparents, and uh, we just dedicate the week to uh, spending time with one another and spending time with the Lord. And so this year, we went up to, and got a cabin in Big Bear, and that, was, and that was a blessing. And then we came back and got the kids, and uh, they came up with us for a little while, and we jo- enjoyed the mountains and the lake and all of that. And then, uh, and then we went to uh, see my family in Iowa and see the all my parents and my brother and his, and his family. So just real quickly, I have a few pictures to run by us. First of all, that, uh, Dawson and I climbed to the top of this mountain in Big Bear, and this, this uh, picture doesn't really capture it uh, because the view was magnificent. Like, we got up on this mountain's edge, and uh, it was actually like a climb. It wasn't just a hike. We had to climb up the rocks and it was spectacular, and it was wonderful. And then we went to uh, see my family, and Dawson did some fishing with, the, with, uh, with the, his cousins, and that's the catch of the year right there. I mean, just this massive three-inch fish. Uh, and uh, we did a lot of, spent a lot of time on the water, on the boat, and, uh, and uh, those are all my nephews and nieces on the farm. Got to ride the four-wheeler. That was fun. And then... Uh, my dad likes to wear his shorts high, so we all pulled him high and took a picture. But we had lots of fun. It was good. Um, on the way up, when we first picked up the kids, uh, we were, you know, making these windy roads up the mountain uh, to spend time in, uh, up at Big Bear. And, and uh, as we're making our way up, it's like an hour and a half drive, and Sure enough, you know what the kids asked. Can we look at our devices on our phones, on our iPad? And you can probably guess what uh, Dad said. Heck no! We're not going to look at. A, we're not going to stick our noses in our devices. Look out the window. Like we don't get to see this every day. All these trees, the mountains. It's beautiful outside. We're not going to. We're not going to miss. Uh, all the, the beauty around us because we're too busy playing our video game. And so we went, uh, so we went up, and I think the kids in the long run uh, were happy because, man, it is gorgeous. See these big pine trees, the valleys behind us, the mountains before us. It's beautiful. And I point that out because I think that even though we're talking about kids and wanting to look at uh, their devices, I think as people... Christians or non-Christians alike, we can be focused on all the wrong things. Like, we can be paying attention to the wrong stuff. We can be looking around us and going about life, and we've got job and family and uh, hobbies and, and uh, school or whatever it is, and a lot of good stuff. But could we be, in the midst of all of those earthly things, could we be missing the most important, the, the spectacular, the amazing things all around us? 
You know, we've been looking at the parable of the soils for the last several weeks. Sometimes it's called the parable of the sower. But in the midst of this parable, first of all, Jesus gives the parable. And then at the end where we've been focusing in on is he gives the explanation, the interpretation. But right stuck there in the middle of it, between the giving of the parable and the interpretation of it, uh, his disciples ask him, why do you speak in parables? And uh, there's been some words that have been haunting me in his answer to the disciples' question. Jesus says in the midst of this answer, he says, there are some people who see but don't really see. And they hear, but they don't really hear. And that's what I want to focus in on this morning. Because sometimes I think we can see but not really see. And hear but not really hear. In other words, we can miss out on the most important things of life. Okay, so let's look at this passage, Matthew 13, and starting in verse 10 is where the disciples ask him this question. Matthew 13:10 says, The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. Hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I, will, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people heard, longed to see what you see, and, uh, but did not see it, to hear what you hear but did not hear it. You know, I know that this morning as we pray, God, give us eyes to see and eyes and ears to hear. It is the Holy Spirit that imparts this gift. So let's go before the Lord in humility and ask for him to speak to us. Father God, we come before you because we know that you are the only ones that can open our eyes and to open our ears to see and to hear the, the spiritual realities that are all around us. We come before you now this morning uh, with a plea that you would come and be our teacher and speak to us today, God. God, uh, it is far too easy to become calloused and to miss the message that you would have for us. And so we pray that you would speak to us now. We pray that you would come and uh, change our hearts by the power of your word. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Jesus has just heard him give a parable of the soils that we've been looking at. And uh, I really think that, this, that the way Jesus taught must have stood out to them. 
So far in their life, all the religious teachers, I have a, from my understanding of scriptures, all the religious teachers, the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, it was like they were teaching algebra, like A plus B equals C. And it was just, it was just like kind of uh, very cut and dried, matter of fact. And Jesus comes in a, in, a, in a brand new way. He comes telling stories. It's interesting to them, and, the, and it catches their attention. In fact, uh, they are moved to ask him the question, Jesus, why do you teach like this? Jesus, why do you speak in parables? Now, we've already said in previous weeks that parables are stories, earthly stories, with a heavenly meaning. And so I just want to emphasize that again, because I think this is going to be crucial to this uh, this morning's uh, message. Parables are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. We'll come back to that, but let's look at what Jesus says, first of all, the reason he speaks in parables. He says in verse uh, 11, I speak in parables because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Let me point out one observation I made as I was looking at this uh, uh, reply to to the question Jesus was asked this week. I noticed that there are three ofs because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. So in other words, I think there's a lot to unpack here, and I would like to just take a minute down and to ask ourselves exactly what is Jesus saying. We're going to kind of break it up using these ofs, and I'm going to go backwards. First of all, this word heaven. The word heaven in, in, uh, in Matthew, and he uses the word heaven a lot. In fact, I wish they would translate it more accurately because almost every time he uh, gives it, it's in the plural. This really should read the kingdom of the heavens. In ancient thought, there was three levels to heaven. The highest heaven, the third heaven, was the throne room of God, where God uh, dwelt in, in all of his glory. And Paul talks about in his he receives a vision in which he says, I was caught up into the third heaven. In other words, he's caught up into the throne room of, of God, into, into the highest heaven. But then there was also this, the idea that there was a second heaven, and we sometimes use this idea, we, we speak of the sky, the, the stars and the moon and the sun as the heavens. So there was the highest heaven, there was the sky and the, and the, uh, and the stars as the second heaven, but the, but the first heaven was the atmosphere right around them, the air that they breathe, the, the environment right here. And when Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand, what he is saying there is he has come to bring all the heavens together. In other words, he's come to bring the presence of God, the glory and the authority and the power and the sovereignty of God right down here into our midst. That's what the kingdom of heaven, that's what the kingdom of the heavens is all about. It's a radical idea that in the person of Jesus, Jesus has brought the presence of God right here into this earth. It's a radical thought that Jesus, that God's glory and all of who God is is revealed in the person and the works of Jesus himself. This is the kingdom of the heavens. Now, for many, it's a secret. 
for many, they will not get it. In fact, we've been looking at the parable of the soils. Only one out of four gets it. And we would have to say, those seem like pretty good odds, one out of four. You know, I think if we look at the world around us, most don't get it. Most don't see the, the, uh, God's presence right here in our midst. They don't recognize the authority, the kingdom, the reign, the rule of God right here. It's a secret. And the, but uh, Jesus says the reason he teaches in parables is because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heavens has been given to you, but not to them. In other words, some will get it. Some will have the knowledge. As we know in the Bible, knowledge is very rarely just a cognitive understanding. What Jesus is speaking about here is that you would really know me. And that means that you'd have a relationship with me. God is coming in all of his glory right here in our midst. And what Jesus is saying, the reason he teaches in parables is to make it really plain and really clear to tell these earthly stories that those that are supposed to get it will get it. And those that are not supposed to get it It's going to fly right over their heads. Now, to me, the idea of the mystery, the idea of the secret is there is some mysterious nature about this, is there not? Uh, It's kind of a mystery that why would not everybody see it? Jesus has come in his glory and he's doing miracles and he's teaching in ways that capture people's attention. Why wouldn't everybody? It, but then I have to turn and take the flip side of it, and I'm, and I'm amazed that anybody gets it. You know, all of those that saw Jesus and in, 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 saw God in the person of Jesus, it would have been perfectly fair for God to strike them dead because they did not recognize and give him praise as they should have. And the same could be true for us today. It's not an, it, it's not an amazing that God has chosen any of us. We deserve his wrath. And yet he gives us grace and mercy. This is who God is. It's the presence of God come into our midst. And Jesus is saying that he speaks in parables so that if we're supposed to get it, we're going to get it. And if we're not supposed to get it, then we're not going to get it. And my prayer is that this that this. revelation of God all around us, that we would get it, that that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. Considering the idea that Jesus said he taught, the reason that he taught in parables, I was reminded of a quote by Malcolm Mugridge. Malcolm Mugridge uh, wrote the most definitive biography on Mother Teresa, and that's kind of made her world famous. But uh, Malcolm Mugridge said, and uh, consider this quote, Any happening, great or small, is a parable by, by where God speaks to us, and the art of life is to get the message. You know, when we think of Jesus' parables that were spoken in the first century, I, I just want to bridge the gap, and I want to say that God is still speaking to us in ways great or small, now, the key to life, the, uh, the art of life, is to get the message. That's our job, is to recognize and to get the message of God all around us. The psalmist uh, says uh, uh, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. But when was the last time we look up into the skies and recognize the glory of God? 
You see, God's glory is being poured out all around us all the time. In our families, in uh, nature, in our relationships, in, in all kinds of ways. The question is, do we have eyes to see and ears to hear? Or is it simply just going to fly right over our heads? In society today, we have uh, a fear of missing out. In fact, we have an acronym, FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. And uh, it amazes me that FOMO, the fear of missing out, is what drives us to constantly be on social media, checking our Facebook page, checking what's going on in so-and-so's life. And uh, what happens is when we're on social media like this, we miss out on what's happening right in front of us. And I just think FOMO is a reality for all of us in life. And we get so busy with everything going on around us that we miss out on, uh, on the heavenly meaning behind uh, what's going on. You see, if a parable is an uh, earthly story with a heavenly meaning, sometimes we can get so fixed on the earthly reality that we miss the heavenly meaning behind everything that is taking place. A few years ago, the Washington Post newspaper did a, a little uh, study. They first of all asked a question, and kind of an interesting question. If, uh, if in a banal setting, in a boring setting, at an inconvenient time, would people pause to observe transcendent glory? Uh, actually, they said to observe transcendent beauty. If it was just in, the, in an interruption in life, if in the midst of everyday activity, would people stop to observe transcendent beauty? And so they set up an experiment. And you can kind of imagine the way this experiment is going to go. But here's the experiment they set up. They recruited Joshua Bell, who... Does anyone know the, na the name Joshua Bell? Okay, the jo uh, we have a few. Uh, he's considered uh, one of the greatest musicians in the country. He's a classical violinist. And they recruited Joshua Bell to play his uh, most precious violin, a violin that was made in 1713, and to play one of the most uh, beautiful songs that he knew, one of Bach's sym symphonies, but to play this beautiful instrument and this beautiful music in the Washington, D.C. subway uh, waiting area. And so they set this up, and the night before he had done this, he played in Boston to a sold-out crowd. People paid up to $1,000 to hear this, to hear him pay, uh, play. And now he's playing, not dressed up in his tuxedo, but dressed up in a baseball hat and a t-shirt, but he's going to play some beautiful music. And, they, and, they, and so for 45 minutes, one of the greatest musicians alive played one of the greatest instruments ever made with some of the greatest music ever written. And did anyone stop to listen? They recorded the event. 1,100 people walked by. Seven stopped to listen. 27 tossed in money, totaling $32. <laughs> he played to people that had paid $1,000 the night before. And now he played uh, for $32 for 45 minutes. And uh, only seven people stopped even for a few moments to notice the beauty right in front of them. 
God's kingdom, the kingdom of the heavens, his presence, his reign, his magnificent reality is right here in front of us. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear, he's showing himself to us in so many ways. But do we actually take the time to notice him? Now, I think it's still true that many hear the message of God, but don't really hear him. Many see his glory, but don't really recognize it. And that's, uh, and because if they did, their lives would be transformed by who God is and wants to do in our lives. And this, and this passage says that it is because our hearts are calloused. You know what a callus is, right? When you get a callus on your foot, you get that, your foot kind of hardens, and so, uh, you know, it, it, it's not going to be, um, if you step on something sharp, it's, it's not going to hurt it as much. When I was in Iowa, I noticed that none of my, ne- now my nephews live on a farm, and so, uh, uh, but none of my nephews wear shoes. They don't wear shirts and socks and underwear, for that matter. Uh, but none of them wear shoes. <laughs> so it makes it easy for my sister-in-law to do laundry. But this is the truth, all right? I noticed this. They're, now, they're, out in the country, there's, it's all, uh, the driveway is gravel. And they just run across this gravel with bare feet like nothing's good. No, it doesn't hurt. I do that, and I, oh, wow, oh, that hurts, that hurts. Uh, but they, they're not affected by it at all because their feet have become calloused. All the rocks and the sticks that are pointing up, that doesn't bother them at all. And here's what happens when our hearts become calloused. It means that we can run through life and not be bothered by the kingdom of God poking, up, poking itself up all over the place. God can be showing himself all over the place. His presence and his glory are all around us, and we don't even notice because our hearts have become calloused. Now, I recognize that this is a hard-hitting message, and it it speaks to me as well. Like, I wish I was more overcome with the glory of God constantly, but this is why we must pray. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, because in the midst of life and its trials and its busyness, uh, we just, our, our hearts naturally become callous, just like if we never wore shoes, our feet would naturally become calloused. God, soften us that we can see who you really are. When Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of the, he- of the heavens. In him, God's presence and reign poked its way through earth. Uh, God invaded the earth in the person of Jesus. But most people in that day, and this is what we get the picture of in this, in this passage, were too busy to notice him. The Pharisees were too busy defending their own reputations. The crowds were too busy, just amazed at the miracles, that they missed why he really came to have a relationship with the Almighty God. It is in Jesus that God has invaded the world, and yet so many people missed it. And now, now hang on here because history repeats itself. People today, even good people that attend church every week, you and I, and people that live in this community and in the neighborhoods around us, people in our family, our friends, our co-workers, those that we know, uh, so many of us are in danger 
of missing God and how he is showing himself to us and speaking to us. We can easily have our eyes fixed on earthly realities and miss the heavenly meaning coming through it all. In answering the question about why he speaks in parables, Jesus has pointed out that people were blind to the presence and the reality of God right in front of them. And many people today, it is safe to say, are also spiritually blind and deaf. Now, in the midst of all of this hard-hitting news and kind of, to be honest, a lot of negativity, there is a marvelous turning point. Like, verse 16 is where our, our ears ought to perk up. Verse 16 is, is the powerful change of direction. Verse 16 starts with that turning point word, but. He gives a beautiful but here. It's a but. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. You see, the disciples were among the blessed. Why? Because they got it. They had a relationship with Jesus. They recognized him for who he was. Now, it was a gift of God. Peter, uh, Jesus told Peter, it is the Father who has revealed this to them. But they were among the blessed because they got it. They saw who Jesus was, and they heard the message of God, that God loved them, and God was calling them to uh, be used by him. And if you and I can see God all around us, and we can hear him speaking to us about how much he loves us and he wants and what he wants from us and the mission that he has called us to then we are among the blessed because it is a blessing to see the presence and the work and the reign of God in our families and among our friends in our workplaces in our schools in our neighborhoods in the community here in West Covina in this church and everything else we are involved in that is a blessing, amen? To see God at work in, in, in those ways. And God is here. God is right here in our midst right now. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear. We see the earthly realities, but do we see the heavenly meaning? The blessing comes in seeing God and hearing God in all areas of life. I know right now that I'm in this, like, this short window of time, and this is a, this is a wonderful time for me to be a dad. You know, uh, my son Dawson, as all of you, uh, well, most of you know, you know, he loves sports. And so I love to go and throw pitches to him and rebound shots so he can keep shooting his basketball. And, and I know that that's a short window and I, and I better take, care, uh, take advantage of it because it's a wonderful time. My daughter Kinsey is six years old, and so she'll be going into first grade this year. And so she's just learning to read. And, and uh, I love to hear her read her first reader books. And she's in an art class. I love to see the little pictures that as a six-year-old she draws. I know that this is a precious time in life. But my main concern is not to raise good ball players or good artists or good students. My main concern is to raise disciples of Jesus Christ. You see, I, much more than uh, I would much rather see uh, my kids come to know and love Jesus than I would love to see them 
uh, be good citizens or have good paying jobs one day, though I, I want that stuff too. My real longing is that they would get the heavenly meaning behind life that we are to live with, with and for Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And you have a, a, you have a job, most of you if, you, if if you're not in school or retired, uh, you have a job, or maybe you're, maybe your job is that you are in school. And I don't I don't really care if it's a good job or a bad job. Well, I do care. I want you to have a good job. My point is, no matter what your job title is, your real job is to be a missionary in your workplace. No matter what your job description says, your ultimate responsibility is to represent Jesus and to share the gospel uh, to those that you come in contact with at school or work or whatever it is. You see, there is an earthly reality and then there is a heavenly meaning behind it all. Now, many of us are blessed to be married. If you're not blessed to be married, that's a blessing too, Paul says, because there's a blessingness to, to single life. But to those that are uh, married, Paul goes on to, Paul shows in Ephesians 6 that there is a, a heavenly meaning behind our marriage. And so it, uh, to, when God gives us a husband or a wife, it's not just so that we can have a life partner and a, and, uh, and a companion, but he challenges uh, husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church and uh, wives to honor and respect their husbands as the church is to honor and respect, uh, their, uh, respect Jesus Christ. You see, there's an earthly reality, but there's a heavenly meaning behind it all. And so many of us have hobbies and we have good things that God has given us things that we enjoy, things that we are passionate about. But there is something wrong if our passion for our hobbies does, uh, is eclipsed by our passion for God. If it's not eclipsed by our passion for God, we are to love Him so much more. You see, God has given us all these earthly things to enjoy, but in the enjoyment of it, we are to see Him in His glory. And we have family and friends that we love dearly, right? People I love to just to sit down and have lunch with or have a cup of coffee with and, and uh, play games with or go bowling or whatever you like to do with your family and friends. But among our family and friends, those that don't know Jesus, if that doesn't break our hearts, then we don't see the heavenly reality behind our earthly relationships because one day every one of them will enter into an eternity either with God in heaven or separated from God and his love in, in hell forever. You see, there is an earthly reality, but there is a heavenly meaning behind it all. The challenge for us is to have eyes to see and ears to hear the, the heavenly meaning behind it all. Life is about God. Seeing and hearing Him. This is the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of the heavens, that God has invaded the world and we are saturated with His glory right now if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. As a church, our mission statement is that we exist to spread a passion for God 
so that he is above all else in our lives, church, and community. And that should be not only our mission statement as a church, but of our own lives to live with a passion for God and to spread that to everyone that we come in contact with. Even as a church, we, it's, it, we can fall into the trap of just simply going through the motions. And we are called to so much more to spread a passion for God. And so I'll close by just emphasizing this one more time, that the blessing of life is in the seeing and the hearing of God in everything we do. This is a gift from God. And so we ask Him to open up the eyes of our hearts and the ears of our hearts to see and hear Him, to break us free from just going through the motions Many will go through life doing and acting and reacting and interacting and miss the most that God is at work in and around us. But life is more than just doing and acting and reacting and interacting. It is about living with and for God. May God give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father God, we recognize that the ability to see you and hear you is a gift from you. That in our own sinfulness and our own stubbornness and our own short-sightedness and selfishness, we can easily miss you in and around us all the time. God, please forgive us Please forgive us when we have not noticed you in our family or in our workplace or in our hobbies or in our community groups. And, uh, and forgive us when you've been speaking to us and you've called us to mission and we've just ignored that. God, forgive us and give us grace. God, we pray for eyes to see and ears to hear. God, I thank you for everyone here this morning. Thank you uh, that you brought them here. Thank you that for those that may be tuning in uh, online. And uh, God, I pray that as your word has gone forth this morning, that you would give us the ability to now take it and to, re to receive it and to pursue you. But we know that even that is a gift from you. So God, uh, continue to show yourself to us. Continue to speak to us and help us. Just give us grace. God, I, I don't, it's hard to even know what to pray because I just want it so bad, God. And I just pray that you would please work in our hearts and our lives and uh, be merciful to us because we know we don't deserve it. But what a blessing it is to have you with us, to have your presence and your reality in us and around us. God, help us to live for you. Help us to have a passion for you. Help us to spread that passion to those around us and, in, uh, and into our church and into our community and into our own lives and families. 
And God, uh, we just, we want this because we know this is how great you are. And there are so many that are just blind to it, deaf to it. But God, we pray that you would be merciful to us and, and reveal it. And help us not to get too prideful that we would point to others and say, oh man, they, they, should, get, uh, they should get going. God, help us just to, to be humble and to, and to seek you with all our hearts and then to pray for one another and to trust in your sovereignty and uh, trust in your mercy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.